Welcome back to the Big Football Show, the Athletics Daily Big Ten Podcast. Bill Landis joined, as I am every Tuesday, by our Penn State beat writer, Audrey Snyder. Audrey, you were in State College, Pennsylvania, on Saturday night to watch Ohio State beat Penn State 38-25. to I was not there, but I cover Ohio State, so I watched it from my, uh, my office at home on television. And I don't feel like I missed all that much, not being in an empty Beaver Stadium. Yeah, you really didn't, Bill. Uh, it was weird. I mean, the stadium, just as it's been, you know, parents, family members, uh, that kind of thing. A lot of cardboard cutouts uh, in the, what usually would be like the Penn State student section. A bunch of cardboard cutouts. And I will say, Bill, by the end of the night, the only Penn State fans that were smiling were those cutouts because, well, <laughs> can't do anything about that. Um, yeah, you didn't miss much. I mean, it, it kind of... No surprise, Ohio State won. I think we all expected that was going to be the case, but Penn State didn't exactly give them any kind of challenge, and that was the part where it was pretty much ho-hum, and now it looks like um, it's Ohio State in the Big Ten, especially in the Big Ten East, and then there's a cliff, and then there's everyone else. It was the biggest game in the conference over the weekend. We, we discussed that last week and, and why that was the case. Uh, I don't think you and I need to really dig into it all that mm-hmm. much here on, on the big football show because yourself and Matt Brown did that on Dear Old State. Uh, me and Ari Wasserman did it on 4-6 to six with A and B. If you are uh, an Ohio State fan or uh, a Penn State fan who's a glutton for punishment and want to relive exactly what happened. <laughs> we uh, have you, you covered. Ahead, yeah, you can go ahead and listen uh, to, to either of those podcasts. But what interests me, Audrey, coming out of that game is this. Who is the second best team in the Big Ten? Gosh, I mean, it's – oh, Bill, I mean, I, ugh, can, can we – does – does Wisconsin play again? I mean, is right. that, you know, <laughs> like, it's, it's a mess. I mean, I think right now we can't say it's Michigan. Um, I haven't seen anything from Penn state that suggests it's them other than maybe saying, okay, they've lost to Indiana. They lost to obviously Ohio state. So like you have two good losses. Like, does that automatically catapult Penn state to that number two spot? I, I honestly, I don't know who, who that's, going to be I mean it is the Big Ten is an absolute mess right now and unless Penn State gets its act together and you know throws more than seven times in the first half um, moving forward maybe it's them but yeah I I don't know who that second best team would be because (laughs) a week ago I probably would have told you Michigan but good thing I didn't yeah, we were all uh, way off on yeah. our on our small sample size assessment of Michigan, and and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later in this episode. So I, I think the the candidates for this discussion, and you basically mentioned all of them. Are, I think it is still Michigan. I think you still include them in the conversation. I do think you include Penn State. Northwestern is two and zero. Had a, had a nice win against Iowa mm-hmm. over the weekend. Wisconsin, if it were playing. Like normal, I would definitely be in the conversation. It might actually be the answer, but they didn't play last week. I have a hard time seeing them play uh, this week, and that that news will be revealed uh, later on on Tuesday. We're expecting that to to see whether or not Wisconsin will, in fact, play this week. What about Indiana? Indiana beats Penn State in the opener. It, It beat Rutgers kind of the way it should. Over the weekend, they're two and zero. They're going to Michigan, or they're hosting Michigan this weekend. I don't like. I'm I'm having my hard hard time wrapping my arms around the idea of Indiana being the second best team in the Big Ten. But but at the moment, I don't really know who else you pick based off the way things have gone so far. 
Yeah, the case is there for Indiana to be it, which is just like we all predicted. Um, I mean, it's I think you're right, because right now, like you can't you certainly can't put Penn State ahead of Indiana, um, even though you go back to that game last week and Indiana didn't look particularly sharp beating Penn State and Penn State fans will quibble about that, you know, two point conversion forever. And Indiana continues using that as a marketing campaign and fundraising Um, because I'm on their email list now, Bill, and I keep getting all these Indiana (laughs) emails. Uh, I actually got another one Saturday after they won again about this 2-0 start and now's the time to give money. And um, while I was sitting in the Beaver Stadium press box watching Penn State go 0-2, I just, yeah, I think let's... Let's go with Indiana, but I'm sure when we have this conversation next week, um, somehow it'll be different because last week I was ready to bury Michigan State, um, and then they they came back from the dead and beat Michigan. And I I just, it's such a bizarre year as we're seeing with Wisconsin. Um, You know, Nebraska wants to complain about not having a game. I get it, it sucks, but that's just what it is this year. Like any one of these teams at any moment, um, you know, football coaches always say, oh, we're day to day, you know, trying to go what to know this week. Well, like at this point, just getting to the game on Saturday in so many regards feels like an accomplishment. Um, and Matt, uh, Matt Brown and I rather talked about this on Dear Old State. And it's just like treat this almost as bonus football because we weren't going to get it. And I know some Penn State fans have said, oh, you know, at this point, we almost wish we didn't even see any of this. Well, I don't know. We all had Tiger King to watch and that wasn't particularly fun either. So (laughs) I would take this alternative and actually being able to watch this crazy, crazy conference right now. I don't think the answer is anyone in the West. And we, we hear on two, at least at the moment with what's Mm -hmm. going on with with, with Wisconsin. Um, We, you and I have, I think a a better understanding of what's happening in the East and, and we tend to, lean that way on this show on Tuesdays. And, and maybe if Scott Docterman and, and Mitch Sherman were having this exact conversation on Wednesday, maybe they would say um, Northwestern uh, or maybe even, you know, Purdue. Purdue is, yeah. is off to a decent start as well. They don't even have their best player back yet. Um, so it could be either of those two teams. And I'll be curious if, if Scott or Mitch think that. Subscribe to the Big Football Show, wherever you find podcasts. You can listen to that show too. Leave five stars on Apple. We appreciate it. But I do think it's 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 got to be someone from the East. Um, and the reason I hesitate to say it's Indiana is because Indiana like had no reason to win against Penn State. Like mm-hmm. the, the post-game win expectancy for Indiana in the first game against Penn State was 5%. And then even against Rutgers, you know, they're better than Rutgers, but Rutgers also turned the ball over three times and put Indiana on a short field twice. And both of those times, you know, both of those turnovers led to touchdowns. So it's not like 37-21 win for Indiana at Rutgers is – is a little bit misleading. I think the gap was was a little bit closer than that. So Indiana might be the second best team in the Big Ten, but if it is, like it's it's slim pickings at the moment. I, I honestly believe, even though they're off to an 0-2 start and and haven't looked great in moments in both of their games, I still think that in the end we might think or might be, might be looking at Penn State as the second best team in the conference. Still very much an option. Um but the thing right now, and this is where I really want to see how, how quickly Penn State can kind of turn around and figure out what in the world this offense is and what it's supposed to look like, because Saturday night, I mean, it was 
a first half where Penn State was just hell-bent on running Sean Clifford and it wasn't working and they just kept going with it. And then you see him in the second half and they're getting the ball out of his hand quicker and the offense looked a heck of a lot better. Jahan Dotson with three touchdowns, um, including one hell of a one-handed catch. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that second half, there were some positives for Penn State, but then, you know, you look at this defense, it's given up 526 yards. I get it. It's Ohio State. Some of that's going to happen, um, but there really wasn't much of a pass rush from Penn State, and that was, you know, Jason Owe, Shaka Tony. you were expected to see a lot of them this year, and you still might. I mean, Owe had a really nice week one, as did Tony, but... Yeah, I mean, Penn State has a shot now with with Maryland. Then after that, it's Nebraska. So, okay, they can get back to 500. uh, But, yeah, they they just have not not looked good. But I do think now with the more we see of Indiana, I think the more we're getting a better feel for that week one Penn State loss. Um, But, yeah, I, I guess, Bill, by default, I will say Indiana is the number two team in the Big Ten. Um, But if Penn State gets it going. But even then, Bill, with the limitations they have on this offense, I mean, you're already down to your third string running back here. So I just don't know what it's going to look like. Um, The receiving core looks better than I thought it was going to, which I had the bar admittedly set very, very low for that receiving core. But Parker Washington, the freshman, is doing a lot of nice things. Jahan Dotson looks like a legitimate number one wide receiver. Uh, So, Penn State maybe is that option, but I've I am not sold on this offense right now one bit. You're closer to it than I am, so I'll, I'll trust your judgment on that. I, I felt like Penn State might have found a little something in the second half against Ohio State offensively, mm-hmm. and and I wonder if that can't maybe spring them forward into something better. And I don't think <clears throat> looking at their schedule, like the the only game that sort of even gives me pause about whether or not they'd win is the game against Michigan at yeah. the end of November. But but I think at the moment the way both teams are kind of playing in the way that that both looked over the weekend. Like I think that's kind of an even matchup, um, and I don't know. I, like I, I I don't say I strongly believe, but but I'm fairly confident that Penn State's not going to lose again, and is going to be in that second place spot, or maybe third place, depending on how the tiebreakers break out when we get the championship weekend. Um, but I am envisioning a Penn State team that doesn't lose again until it gets to whatever bowl season looks like. See, I'm not convinced, Bill, that they won't lose again. Um, beginning of the season, I said they would lose two games. I did not think it would we'd be here already uh, at this point. But it's just it's the inconsistency right now which makes them so difficult to figure out. And I get it. This is a new offense. All the limitations of the offseason. Um, in so many regards, it's like you're learning on the fly. And one of the points that I made when I was talking with Matt Brown on Dear Old State Monday morning was – this, in some regards, reminded me, the Ohio State game, of the 2016 Penn State team where it's not working, right? The offense isn't going as you wanted it to go in the first half, but you don't make any adjustments until halftime. And part of that with 2016, and I think there's definitely a parallel, well, at least a little bit, to this particular group for Penn State, is that you're young and you just can't adjust on the fly. And it, it you know, for 2016, it was, hey... You have to get the guys in the locker room after these slow starts, figure out what's going wrong and how to correct it, because you just can't do that between series when you have so many new faces. So I do think that's where they're at. But yeah, I don't know right now where exactly they would lose again. I mean, definitely Michigan's an option. Um, 
I would think not Iowa, but Penn State, Iowa, the last few years, I mean, they've been really good, close games. Yeah. Uh, so that could certainly be an option. Um, who knows? Michigan State's had Penn State's number uh, quite a bit the last few years, too. And after what they just did to Michigan, it's it really could go any, any way. And the big thing for Penn State is going to be Sean Clifford and his progression, because right now, from last year's year one starter to the beginning of this year, he hasn't looked any better. Um, I think some people would make the argument that he's actually looked worse. And so, you know, how quickly can Kirk Sharaka kind of work his magic with Sean Clifford uh, and get this offense headed in the right direction? But yeah, I, I think they will lose again this season. Um, I just do not know where. The team that, that has the best opportunity, I think, to grab the spot we're talking about, though, is is Indiana, especially when you consider that they... It was when I first saw the schedule. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of that's a that's a rough opening couple games for Indiana, having to open with Penn State and then play Michigan in the third game." And now here we are getting ready to to watch Indiana play Michigan. And I'm not so sure I don't like Michigan Indiana more in that game than, than, well, than I like. Well, we, we I like know Michigan. you're a you're a well known Michael Penix supporter. That's right. I mean, you yes. were early on that train, Bill. I was not. I, I don't. I don't want to misrepresent where I, I did say that Indiana would beat Penn State. Of course, I would think Indiana would beat Rutgers, but I wasn't. I did not think it was going to happen in a way where we get to Week Three, and now I'd almost be surprised if Indiana didn't also beat Michigan on Saturday. So are you are you backpedaling on your Penix praise a little bit, or no, no, Why no? I'll, okay. I'll, I'll ride that. I'll ride that now. I'll own it. I'm on it. We're we're Team Penix over here. <laughs> but I'm just. I'm a. I'm a little – I'm not a little. I'm very curious to see what Indiana does now that it's in this position because in, in three weeks it comes to Columbus to play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a lot this, of fun. It could be a lot of fun. Like in, in Columbus right now, we're all trying to figure out what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks because Ohio State plays Rutgers and Maryland and then Indiana, and that's typically not a portion <laughs> of the schedule you get excited about. But Indiana could be interesting if it comes out of this weekend 3-0 and and, and on the other side of that – is a Michigan team that everyone thought looked gangbusters against a, a just a terrible Minnesota team in week yeah. one now with the benefit of hindsight. They go out over the weekend and they lose at home to Michigan State, a team that lost to Rutgers in week one, and not just lose to Michigan State, but I thought Michigan State controlled that game from start to finish. And now here's Jim Harbaugh, who can't beat Ohio State. He's had mixed results against Michigan State. And now he's got a chance, a legitimate chance to end up one and two in the start to this season with Indiana hosting them this weekend. Yeah, it's, I guess, Bill, I would be very curious what's it like on the other side for you? What's it like when you have a team, they just steamroll everybody every week and you don't know what you're going to talk about? What a, what a problem that must be. Um, First world problem, baby. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, I mean, the whole Michigan thing, and you and I have had this conversation before, it's like. My thing with them this year was like, oh, I'm not going to buy in until they, you know, show me anything, until they're really proven it. And then after week one, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe. And then this past weekend, it was just like, here we go again. Um, I guess, and I don't really know many Michigan fans, like I'm from Pennsylvania, uh, so obviously it's not the hot school around here. But, I mean, for that fan base, I guess... Like, I just wonder where they kind of stand after this. I mean, I read the comment sections sometimes on our Michigan stories to try and figure that out. Um, but I just feel like it's like you're always almost being sold this belief that this is the year, this is the year. And then the bottom always seems to fall out. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, Michigan State right now, 
I was thinking about that too with, and I mentioned a little bit ago about them having Penn State's number. Like, who the heck knows what happens? I think that game is right now Penn State's last regular season game. So like early December, I believe. Um, I don't know what happens there because that is just, I mean, the Land Grant Trophy battle is just always a hot item, I'm sure. Greatest Um, trophy in sports. Oh, absolutely. A real beauty. But, I mean, I just, I think you look at it now and I say, okay, well, Michigan State might have something here. And I just, I don't know, the, the Big Ten, Bill, we know this. It's always one in the trenches, right? And, like, I guess that would be my question with Indiana is, what are we going to see from that defense, right? Like, I just, I I don't see anybody that's anywhere near Ohio State, and we were all hoping that was going to be the case because it would make it so much more fun, you know, if it was Michigan, if it was Penn State, but it's Ohio State's to run away with, um, and there's really no doubt about it. Yeah, there's. There, I don't believe there's any doubt about that either. I think maybe the Indiana game gets interesting. Maybe Michigan can score on Ohio State at the end of the year, but but certainly after watching uh, you know Ricky White run behind Michigan's defense for an entire afternoon to the tune of 196 receiving yards, um, I don't have any confidence whatsoever that that Ohio State's receivers aren't going to be able to do the same against Michigan. Like that's this Chris game. Chris will have a feast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he has in his in his career against Michigan already. Um, Ryan Day's offense has put up about 100 points on Don Brown's defense, and judging by what I saw over the weekend, that this could be the ugliest it gets um, since Day arrived in, in Columbus. Um, but that's a few weeks away. Uh, I do want to – I feel like we owe we, – We haven't – yeah, I was going to say, we've got some apologies to get to here. Yeah, yeah. I guess while we're on the topic, we should first offer one to Michigan State. Um, because I, I think you and I both saw the loss to Rutgers mm-hmm. in a game where it was, it was seven turnovers, right? Seven turnovers yes. Michigan State had, which is almost feels impossible. And maybe we should have been a little more pragmatic with that and, and assume that that's not something that's replicable. But whenever you lose to Rutgers, it's hard not to get carried away with that result. So good on Mel Tucker and his team for coming out and being way more prepared for that game than Michigan was and and for asserting its will for the most part against Michigan and then having like a 92 play drive late in the game to put, to put it to bed like everything that could have gone well for Michigan State seemed like it did and that's a real credit to Mel Tucker and and I think this is a kind of result I don't know what it means for the rest of the year for for that program but this win over your in-state rival over your biggest rival coming off of a loss to Rutgers I think is something that does a lot for Mel Tucker's build there and and tout the heck out of that on the recruiting trail. We're sorry we doubted you, but you go ahead and show out in Michigan, uh, an area where Penn State's actually recruiting really well right now. So sell that win over Michigan um, as much as you can right now. And uh, I don't know. We'll see, Bill. Maybe you can like send him some flowers or something after we were ready to have a funeral for him after that week one game. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I do want to offer my sincere apologies. Chocolates, to maybe. State I don't program. know. Yeah, what, what do I you gotta send? figure out what he likes. We can. Uh, what, we'll what's etiquette maybe... for that? For we we thought your season was over after week one. Sorry, we were wrong. I don't know. Sorry, I thought you stunk. What do you get somebody when when that is the case? Um, yeah, we get candles, maybe. Like, candle, well, candles are good. Yeah, yeah it's well, peak candle season right now. Yeah, we'll so. get you a nice fall scented candle. There you go, nice pumpkin, uh, pumpkin snickerdoodle for Mel Tucker and the boys. Yeah, yeah, I and I think we owe somebody else a candle too, Bill. 
Yeah, we we've basically ignored Maryland's existence through two <laughs> weeks of doing this show and and have been flippant about it. And I would like to apologize. <laughs> two like candles coming your way, would like, Maryland. Would like to apologize to Mike Loxley and the Mer- Maryland Terrapins for assuming they were just going to be a dumpster fire this entire season because Maryland on Friday night won out and put forty five points. And 675 <laughs> yards of offense on Minnesota. Now, they gave up 44 points to a not great Minnesota team. But 675 yeah. yards of offense is pretty crazy. And it was a nice win for Maryland. It was really nice. It, I was, you know, as, as since it was a Friday night game, I think most of us uh, were able to watch it. I was able to watch all of it. And, of course, wanted to, especially with Penn State playing Maryland this week. Really fun ending. You know, we had talked a couple weeks ago, Bill, about culture. And these programs, and I said, you know, I want to see what happens with Michigan State, with Maryland. Um, how are you building those those programs? What happens when something goes wrong? How do you respond? And man, Maryland came out and just beat the brakes off of Minnesota after after looking so dreadful. Um, Minnesota, Bill, I don't think they're going to be on our candle sending list next week because they look no. awful. Um, and I'll stand by that; they look awful. But Maryland was a lot of fun. Um, and here comes my pronunciation. Tungo Vailoa. Am, am I getting there? How, how am I doing? Totally a Tungo Vailoa. Yeah, yeah. I, I cannot say it. So, um, but I, now I'm, I'm really excited to watch him play against Penn State because to me, it's like you've got a young quarterback who's figuring out where he fits in with this team um, and how to make everything go. And so that to me, it was exciting. I mean, it was a really fun game. And, man, we're going to have to talk more about Maryland. I mean, we could send them – gosh, what kind of scent do you even send Maryland? Because I feel like it has to be like a warm cinnamon type, like a really homey feel because we really screwed up on them twice. Well, there was a documentary I used to watch when I was a kid about turtles who liked karate. And in that show, oh. uh, I learned that turtles also like pizza. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can send Maryland a, a, tur- a From pizza Mother Bears, scented maybe. candle. Ooh, from other bears. See, it's all, it all ties together. Yeah, well, we'll send them a nice, we're sorry, your team doesn't stink pizza. I like that. So last year, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not a gambling man. You should listen to the show on, on Fridays to Ari Wasserman and Jesse Temple if you are a, a gambling man or woman and like to, to wager on college football games. But it's not something I've done a whole lot in my life. And, and I believe Negative. Yeah, I don't, the I don't first gamble. time, I believe the first time I did it was, was last year. I was in uh, Nebraska to cover Ohio State versus Nebraska, and we were staying near the Iowa border, and there's a, there's a casino right on the other side of the river. Well, isn't that also Omaha. the world's biggest truck stop? Isn't that like... Oh, yeah, Iowa 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How was the so we were went... at the truck stop, though? No. Okay. Well, that, that was, I did end up there, yes, but okay. not... not um, That's not where the casino part. is? No, it is not. Okay. I wish. That'd be great. Um, we go to the sports book, and, and I want to place a bet, and... For some reason, I was it was the week that Penn State played Maryland, and I was feeling Maryland, so I, I bet on Maryland to cover whatever the uh, enormous spread was. And then about ten minutes into that game, it was fifty to nothing Penn State. So my question to you is: After what we just saw from Maryland against Minnesota, and Penn State is is zero and two and reeling mm-hmm. a little bit, this spread opened at twenty one. Is this going to be a close game? Should I bet on Maryland again? Well, I think you should, Bill, just out of your guilt for, you know, ignoring them the last two weeks. But my pick, and I made this earlier uh, on Monday on Dear Old State, 
40 to 20 Penn State. Now you look at these Penn State Maryland games last few years and it has not been close. It's gotten really, really ugly in a hurry. Um, last year, the game you're, you're mentioning, I was there and it was almost like a holiday at, in College Park. Like students didn't have school. Um, it was a, I believe they dubbed it a blackout. So students mm-hmm. were there. It was really a wonderful atmosphere for pregame. And then like within five minutes of the game, it was already out of hand and it was like, all right, this thing's over and students were leaving. Um, that actually, that might've been the game where the Penn State students took over the Maryland student section because those students had already left. But um, yeah, I just, right now, I mean, Penn State's bad, but they're not that bad, right? Like that's kind of right. where I'm at with them. Um, this is, I've called it a get right game for Penn State and it has to be. Uh, and I think Nebraska the following week for Penn State will be the same way. So I picked Penn State 40, uh, Penn State 40, Maryland 20, but um so I mean, Bill, I you could you could question my pick a little bit and maybe throw some money out there if you wanted to. I fell into that trap last year. I'm not, I'm not going to do it again. Um, but I will. The, the game of the week in the Big Ten, at least in the Big Ten East, is, is Indiana, Michigan. But Penn State, Maryland has my attention only because I'm going to choose to not bet on it, which means that the result I would have bet on is definitely going to happen. So it's like that reverse psychology there. Right. So that's, yeah, right, I don't right. I don't gamble on sports. Um, now I do, well, I'm not now, probably not in like a year, um, but I would occasionally go to casinos. Thankfully, there isn't one anywhere near State College. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've had many a good nights at casinos, um, some very fun times, but that feels like it was like 50 years ago now, uh, even though it was probably like a year and a half ago. Did you guys ever go... Um, out in it was at the Fiesta Bowl. There was a casino there. Did you guys ever do that? Yeah, the Talking Stick Resort. Yes, that was. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, man, there was so much smoke there. That was uh, <laughs> that was wild. We had a Top Golf night and then went to Talking Stick Resort and then I think I had to fumigate my clothes after that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was the media party for the Fiesta Bowl last year. Was that was Top Golf, and then uh, the. It's actually kind of cool. The Talking Stick Resort's like in the background, but it's all lit up and stuff. It's really nice. I, yeah, I sh- I'm sure that's what it was, Bill. I just, I was there and smelled like smoke and I just left my clothing out on the balcony at the Marriott for a few days and hoped uh, maybe I could take it back home with me by the end of the trip. Well, we'll see which one of these teams from the Big Ten ends up playing in the Fiesta Bowl this year. Maybe it will be Indiana if Indiana can beat Michigan and then get into that second, solidly into that second place spot in the Big Ten behind Ohio State. Good weekend uh, full of games coming up. Before we wrap up, Audrey, quickly, I'm just curious if you saw over the weekend oh boy, the greatest play in the history oh. of college football, Rutgers seven lateral, whatever it was, miracle touchdown that didn't count against Indiana. Yeah, the Rutgers rattling, rambling wreck non-count touchdown. I did. Um, I've actually watched the replay a bunch of times too uh, just because it's absolutely ridiculous and insane and – great entertainment. Um, I really like the, the part early on where the one guy throws the ball and it almost looks like he's kind of, cause like his arms go up at the end of it, like up over his head. It almost looks like a LeBron James, like a chalk toss kind of. Yes. Yeah. That was my favorite part. Was that your favorite part or what did you, what did you like about that? That was, it was one of Rutgers offensive linemen picks the ball up off the ground and just throws it aimlessly behind his head. I don't know how high in the air it went. It was one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen happen in a football game. And then it didn't end there. There were like four more laterals, and then it was like a 60-yard touchdown run or whatever it was that got called back. And I felt bad for Rucker. Like, yeah. 
At that moment, if they would have scored and counted it, I guess there's an outside chance they can get an onside kick and try, and try to win the game. It didn't count, obviously, but one of the guys on the sideline for Rutgers was crying. Like That play had to be exhausting, and they thought they scored, and then the refs just kind of kicked the chair out from underneath them. I mean, that would have been like SC top 10. I mean, that was – like I would have – after seeing that, Bill, I would have just said, you know what? Don't show me any more highlights the rest of the college football season. This is the only one I want and need. Um, yeah, just a shame it didn't count because, because it was absolutely zany. Um, and I guarantee so, like we will never see something like that exactly play out again. I mean, it's it was that unique. Well, the good news for Rutgers after that that heartbreak is now it gets to go on the road this week and play Ohio State, and it's a 37-point underdog, and I'm sure that number will be higher than that by the time we get to the end of, week, end of the week. So all good things happening for Rutgers. I'll be at that game. You'll be at the Penn State-Maryland game, yes? Yep, yep, in Beaver Stadium, 3.30 Saturday. We'll have all the games covered uh, and previewed throughout the week on the Big Football Show. Thanks for listening to me and Audrey here on Tuesday morning. And stay tuned with the big football show the rest of the week.